0: On this episode, you're going to meet a high-impact man by the name of Brian Craig, who is by casket in the gloom with his F3 brothers. He's a girl dad and a guy that's really had some key moments in his life where Christ just kind of was speaking to him silently and tugging at his heart. And you're going to hear his journey and how he kind of went from businessman to going into full-time ministry. And I think this is an episode you're really going to enjoy. Welcome to the High Impact Man podcast. High impact men from across the nation sharing their stories of inspiration, encouragement, and hope. Gosh, seek transformational relationships. What you're hearing from the culture
1: is not right. Pick up the six, you know what I mean? But you never know who your six sometimes
0: is.
2: Stop being less. To
0: help others become the virtuous leaders they are called to be and that our nation desperately needs.
2: Well,
1: welcome to another episode of the High Impact Man podcast. Today, we are coming to you in season two. I forget what episode this is, but... No clue. Uh, somewhere close to 60 total episodes. So, like like season two, episode eight or something. I don't know. Somewhere around there. Anyway, uh, we are recording on April 25th 20... or 4th? 5th. 25th. So this, this uh, episode won't air for another week or so, but anyway, that's the timeline, which I usually try to put out there. I'm not always successful, just so people get an understanding of what we're talking about. It may maybe past history. Uh, but anyway, uh, my name is Nevin Gorky. I'm your host. I'm known as D-Fib in the Gloom to the, my F3 brothers. I'm joined, as always, by Troy Klinger, known as Dial-Up in the Gloom. And Dial-Up, um, you and I had a conversation about uh, a recent podcast guest, uh, Peloton, who shared his story uh, a really amazing story of a miracle that happened, to, uh, saving his life after a cardiac arrest. But in the podcast, we talked about the DNA uh, results of he and his family, right? Yeah, yep. And he said he thinks his wife is the best athlete in the family, despite the fact that he has a son that just won a state championship in cross country and is ranked very highly nationally. Uh, but then his daughter, who we mentioned in the podcast, is a competitive cheerleader. Yep. And their team went to nationals. Yep. And finished... Or Worlds, actually, I think it is. Worlds. Holy moly. Okay, Worlds. And they finished... What did they finish?
0: Uh, Third. Third. Bronze medal. Yeah. In the world. Massive trophy. Massive trophy. And the look on her face holding that trophy, you could just see that it just spoke volumes to the accomplishment and all the hard work that she put in. So, Reese, we're shouting one out to you. Reese,
1: way to go. Yeah, and this... it's crazy, right? This little tiny town in yeah. north central Pennsylvania, and they got the third best competitive cheerleading squad in the
0: world, apparently. And, wow. it, and it might be a bigger accomplishment than what her brother Rory has ever done.
1: Yes. Well, we're <laughs> not going to measure them up, but <laughs> but he did say that maybe she is the best athlete in the family, Reese. He, and he said, we yeah. have to think rethink that. And, of course, he said that his DNA results didn't say anything about elite muscle DNA, but his kids and his wife all had that, yeah, right? Exactly, yeah. So, yeah but, uh, but you and I haven't had that test done. We have not. No, but my family did. My wife and my daughter and my son, and they all. That I told them this. They looked. Oh, so,
0: at, you, so you haven't had it done.
1: I ha, I used something other than twenty three and Me, so it didn't have the uh, whatever this use, is. But used
0: use the generic version. I
1: don't know what I used. To be <laughs> honest, I never looked at it since I saw it the first time years ago. But anyway, they did it. They got uh, elite muscle DNA in power, whatever that means. Huh. But I can tell you that none of them are elite power athletes. So we were talking about us on vacation last week, and I said, well, that just means they're all proud of the fact that they are have you know, this elite. But, they're, the, but they have a gift that they're not using. I said, that just means you're all underachievers. That's so. right. <laughs> but believe me, they're wonderful people. I love my kids. They're better than me. My wife is better than me. But uh, I don't think I'm going to get tested. I don't know.
0: Yeah, if I get tested, I'm certainly not going to share the results with my wife. Unless. Unless. It shows that the the kid's talent's coming from me. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> She's pretty accomplished in her own right. Uh, she sure is as yep. a, as a youngster. So it's probably. Yep. I, I would suspect it's a blend of both of us. Yeah, probably. But it makes me wonder, like from like my parents, I have no idea where it's coming from.
1: Yeah, my folks are not going to get tested, but I could tell <laughs> you whatever they got, I didn't get. So yeah. If anything's elite, because I wasn't an elite athlete. All right. Well, enough of that nonsense. So uh, we want to welcome our guest. Our guest is Brian Craig. He's known in the F3 world as Casket. So before uh, we ask him that question, let's uh, let's ask uh, how he got his name. Uh, Casket, we want to bring you in. Welcome to the podcast.
2: Thanks, guys. Glad to be here.
1: And um, our first question is, I want you to answer, like, how you got involved with F3, how long you've been doing it,
2: and who EH'd you? Okay, so um, I'm part of a ministry called Influencers Global Ministries, which you'll hear probably hear a little bit about of what I do uh, in the marketplace, this nonprofit ministry. But um, one of the guys uh, in our ministry was a guy named Glenn Gordon, who is Orange Crush out in Fort Mill, South Carolina. So uh, he started using our discipleship process as the third F with the F3 guys. Uh, And I was hearing about this F3 group. And uh, he invited me out uh, to be a speaker at a Convergence they were doing in Fort Mill. And I, I live in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm set to go out there. And he said, I want you guys, I want you to just do a little talk about leadership and then talk, talk about the journey, our discipleship process. Right. And about a week before I was going out there, he goes, hey, uh, Brian, uh, I permit to ask you, how, how good a shape are you in? And I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? You know, and mm-hmm. he's like, dude, you got to do the workout. <laughs> and I'm like, what workout, you know, I thought this was just a talk, you know, right, I didn't yeah. I, no. He goes, no, we're doing a workout and then the guys are staying after for the talk. And I, I mean, my heart just started racing and I'm like, well, man, I go on walks with my wife occasionally, but that's about it. You know, I mean, uh-huh. I'm not in good shape, you know, and all of a sudden I'm thinking I'm going to I'm going to be puking my guts out and then trying to give a leadership talk. You know, it's not going to go re- really well. So uh, I fretted and worried and uh, I survived it. I, they put me in the, they did a had a hundred guys out there. It was a convergence and they put me in the rut group, I thought they thought, they thought that would be the mildest maybe or whatever, but uh-huh. I didn't throw up thankfully. But as I was, uh, as I, we were marching back to the starting point for the talk, uh, we passed a funeral home and I said, is that where you drop the F and G's off? And, uh, <laughs> later in the circle of trust, somebody recalled that story. So I became casket, which I, which I'm proud to bear that name. It, it's pretty memorable. People know it. So, uh, that's me casket yeah cool we were gonna to try to
0: guess yeah, yeah man, I was I was yeah kind of going through my head what it could have come from yeah I knew he never, wasn't
1: a mortician so, never would have came
0: from yeah, that right. So we never would have guessed it no we
1: never got that
0: <laughs> I don't know why you fretted it so much I mean you had a whole week to prepare for like like were you like, yeah, yeah. Were you, like <laughs> cramming that week like doing doing push-ups every night or Merkins every night and sit-ups and
2: I did not I think I went on a walk or something like I don't know, you know so I, right. I I knew it was too late. Yeah, It was hopeless. Yeah. There was no chance to catch up. Yeah,
1: yeah. Exactly. So tell me again, you may have mentioned this and I might have missed it. How long ago was that?
2: So see, that was about four years ago. And at the time, there was no F3 in Northwest Arkansas. And okay. uh, the guys were trying to tell me, hey, man, you got to go back and start it. You know, I'm thinking that's not me. I'm not the workout guy. I'm not the guy to start F3 in Northwest Arkansas. So so there's a rest of the story of, of what happened after that. I don't know if you want to go there now or, or later, but. Yeah, that was about four years ago in Fort Mill.
1: All right. Well, we could run along that in the chronological timeline, I guess, yeah. and and, uh, and pick that back up. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, you you know, I, we hear these stories a lot. Like, you know, it's almost like a bait and switch. You know, we'll invite you. I invited one guy to come to our workout. He just knew that I had run men's groups before and sort of Bible studies. It was a Saturday morning, and he thought that's what it was. I don't know why, because it was, I told him we're going to meet at the football field behind the middle school. Uh, and he showed up in jeans and a uh, and boots. Work boots and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I didn't know this was a workout. <laughs> yeah, he didn't last the whole workout, unfortunately. But so be it. He uh, tried. Yeah, I tried. So anyway, well, Casket, I'm glad to have you here, man. You were recommended by Nomad, actually. Yeah. I remembered this yeah. time. Oh, well done. Who, who yeah. referred <laughs> to guest? With that. Yeah, yeah. Not He's Nomad, a great guy, great guy. Yeah. So is Nomad? I can't remember. Is he? He's not in your region, is he?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's our Nantan. He's right your Nantan. Well, well, that's well, okay. Well,
1: I really blew and screwed that one up, didn't I? Yeah, that's part of it, right? Oh, well. It's <laughs> Nomad. Sorry, Nomad. Couldn't remember yeah. where you're from. Um, Well, that's great. Uh, you know, when we get references, that's the best, I think, the best uh, way to get guests on. So, uh, t- let's let's back up in time a little bit. Tell us about uh, where you grew up, what your family life was like. You know, how was uh, life for Little Casket?
2: Yeah, I uh, I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So, uh, and, uh, you know, middle-class family, uh, good family. Um, just, uh, pretty, pretty good upbringing. Uh, I was, I was not a big athlete. I I played baseball. Um, that was kind of my sport. We had baseball in my family. My grandfather was a professional baseball player back in the forties and, uh, big left-handed pitcher. So I had a pretty good arm actually, but, uh, Anyway, I, that was really not my deal. I was more into student leadership and things like that. So uh, class president for four years in a row, and Ooh, and then uh, you know make good students, all that kind of stuff. I was even in drama, some and all that. So, uh, so I was at, I was fairly athletic, but I just didn't go that route in life, or whatever. But uh, then graduated, went on to Oklahoma State. I'm a cowboy, mm-hmm. so I was there when Mike Gundy was quarterback. You guys know Mike Gundy. The, <laughs> the coach, I'm a man. Yeah, I'm forty. Yeah. You know, yeah. So. Uh, uh, he's a current coach. Yeah. So, uh, loved going to Oklahoma state four years and, uh, got a, got a business degree in marketing and, uh, business administration and advertising and, uh, got a job in, uh, Dallas and in Texas instruments, uh, moved in, got a sales job, moved to Dallas. Um, but I met my wife, my current wife of 32 years, Missy met her when I was a senior and I was, uh, she was a freshman. I was a senior and, uh, we, uh, we fell in love and, uh, got married three years later. So, uh, so had a little stint in Dallas and that then got back to Tulsa. Um, because uh, her dad had a small business in Tulsa and he asked me to come join the business and learn, learn it and buy it from him. And, and that's kind of what happened. What was, uh, what was the business? Yeah. Uh, it was an industrial supply company. So sold uh tooling for the, for metal fab industry, you know, machine shops, fab shops that supported the oil industry. So, uh, So did that, and uh, yeah, we were we just were a distributor. So we we were in sales, just selling product, going out, calling on these guys, and everything. So good, little successful little business. And uh, I worked with him for five years, and then uh, and then I ran it. I bought it from him and ran it for twenty years before Mm -hmm. I had a calling to go into full time ministry. So
1: yeah, that's we're gonna get into that. Um, Let me let me ask you though. You 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 shared with us that you have four uh, four uh, daughters. Uh, You want to give it a shout out to them, who they are, and what their ages are.
2: Yeah, yeah, I love my girls. Uh, yeah, we got uh, Natalie. was born uh, in '96, so she's she's a 26, and uh, she's my oldest. Lives here in Benville. Works for Sam's Club. And Annie, my 24, just turned 24 a few days ago. She's in New York City working for L'Oreal. And uh, and then Isabel is at Oklahoma State right now. My 21 year old. And then I have we have our late in life blessing Meredith, who's 14. Lives, still lives in the house with us so uh, oh my yeah, man so, proud of my girl. so you're uh, how yeah. old are you i am 56
1: hey me too man so 56 years old i can't imagine having a 14 year old that's got to keep you young <laughs>
2: you better stay oh, yeah, fit totally. yeah she she likes hanging out with old mom and dad you know and having dinner and watching uh you know heartland on netflix and stuff so. <laughs> all right <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be back to coaching club soccer again probably. i would be man i'd be,
1: I'd be back coaching again dial up and taking on all those nasty people from the evil empire that's right And you United, I'll say their name. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's, that's amazing, dude. Uh, So that's great. Uh, You um, took over the family business. Was that the plan all along?
2: Um, You know, I got to know her dad when we were dating and and he never had any sons and, and he, we really clicked, you know, and he, he was just a one man show running this business by himself. He had a partner in the early days and, and all of a sudden he was thinking, oh, here's a way for me to perpetuate the business you don't know, get some value out of it because it was a, right. it was a small business not much assets or anything so um so he started he started kind of talking to me about it before we got married but then after we got married then he put on the full court press and asked me mm-hmm. you know and, and it really was nothing that i ever thought i would do um i thought i'd i would work in the corporate america big big company you know right. work up work my way up and all that stuff but uh we actually loved tulsa and it gave me a chance to get back to Tulsa from Dallas, to back to Tulsa. And, mm-hmm. um, and it was, uh, so it was, it was a, it was a, you know, it was a good move because we loved, loved being in Tulsa and, and I can make good money being in a small business and all that. So, uh, it proved to be a, proved to be a big deal. Um, I, I'll back up a little bit. Maybe this kind of relates to my story, but, uh, I mean, it does. Uh, when I was in college, I was a junior in college. Um, and I was a Christian, but I was just like, a you know, partying every weekend, just like everybody else, you know, and you would, you couldn't tell me from anyone else. I wasn't, I wasn't leading campus crusade on campus or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I was just you know, in a fraternity and just one of the guys, you know, and, uh, I go to a Bible study in our fraternity in the, in the living room. And, uh, this, this televangelist, not a televangelist, evangelist, who was a brother of one of my fraternity brothers, uh, was in town just leading a Bible study. And he was from Arkansas of all places where I now live. But, uh, in the middle of his little intro deal, I was daydreaming and I was thinking, gosh, I like this guy, you know, I, you know he's helping meet people, you know, he's speaking to guys like us, these heathens like us. And I thought, maybe I could be in ministry. And I was just having this thought. And right as I, right as I was thinking that thought, the guy stops the Bible study and says, hey, uh, I, I just, just got to stop right now. I feel like God is telling me there's two men in this room being called into ministry. Oh. And, I, and I, just, I just need to pray about it right now. My heart just started racing. I was like, "Oh my!" God. I'm like, "God, you know." I was just, I was just, I was just dreaming about it. I wasn't. I you're calling me, you know, and uh, it, it really freaked me out. And uh, anyway, I I I went up and talked to him. He said, "Come up to me if you think that I was talking to you." Afterwards, at first, I didn't, and then I came back and and I was just kind of started crying. And I was like, I, "I don't understand. I can't leave. You know, what am I going to tell my parents? I can't leave and go to seminary." But I was a mess. And he goes. Hey, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just telling you what God, God told me. Mm. And, uh, so he prayed for me and gave me some scriptures and all that. And, uh, so, so fast forward, I, you know, I just kind of wrote it off as like, well, that was weird, you know, but I didn't do anything with it
1: Yeah,
2: and I definitely didn't tell anybody. And, uh, so I graduated a year later, met Missy, moved to Dallas. You know, we date three years, get married. I moved back to Tulsa and I started working for my father-in-law and on Thanksgiving morning, um, that moment is real heavy on my spirit. It woke me up at like four in the morning and I went and I dug out my Bible and I found the guy's information and the scriptures he wrote down and I looked them all up and, and I, and I wrote him this letter and I said, I, you know, I still don't understand what that was all about. I go, I'm, I'm thinking about that night. I, I'm still not in ministry. I'm, I'm in a business and I'm, you know, still kind of partying. I'm not really, you know, I'm not a minister for sure. And, and he basically just, you know, he ended up, well, he ends up writing me a letter and I didn't get it. This was Thanksgiving morning when I had this feeling, I got the letter back from him after Christmas and he said, Hey Brian, I, w- I shouldn't have gotten your letter because I'd moved, but the postmaster general knew, knew who I was. So he forwarded your letter in a, an official U S postmaster general uh, envelope. So it came with pomp and circumstance. Uh-huh. And I, and mm-hmm. he goes, it was so weird because I ran, there were two men that night in the fraternity house and I ran into the other one within a week of getting your letter. Wow. And wow. uh the timing was amazing. And <laughs> and he just starts saying, Brian, again, I don't know what to tell you other than sounds like you got a great opportunity right where you are. Bloom bloom where you're planted. Yeah. You know, and God is faithful, mm-hmm. He will do it if if he's you're called. So so anyway, it was just a real key key thing in life, you know, which ended up leading to me you know, it was prophetic in a sense because now I'm in full time ministry, but more to that story later. But yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: God's timing is not our timing, right? But yeah. But if
0: he wants you there, he's going to get you there. You're probably sitting in that group, like looking around. He's like, he's got to be thinking of someone else. <laughs> me, right? is, it, is it you? Is it you? No. Totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs>
1: he's going to get you there. Even if you got to go in the belly of a big fish. Yeah. gonna get you there. That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Wow.
0: It's not crazy. It's how God works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, what a,
2: yeah, what a story. Wow. That's amazing.
1: So, um, yeah,
2: so yeah, just, I guess, you want me to continue on just a little bit about the story Sure. when I bought the business, I was 30 years old. And, uh, and that was a big year for me because, so that was, that was about five years after, you know, I got the letter back from the guy Mm -hmm. still was not really serving the Lord in any major way. And, uh, I I was going to church a little bit, thankfully, but, um, anyway, it was 30 was a big year because I, uh, we were having our first baby, Natalie Mm -hmm. and, uh, And we had just joined a church and I bought the business that year. And then that's the year I went to a promise keeper conference, which was promise keepers was really big back in the nineties. This was 96. And that's the thing God used to kind of grab hold of me. And I didn't, I didn't know this till later, but when my wife was pregnant with Natalie, you know, we, we used to party together if you will. And, and when she was pregnant, she couldn't drink, you know? And Mm -hmm. so it was the first time in our relationship where she wasn't drinking and I still was. And she kind of got to see what that looked like and she was praying for me that God would get hold of me and I had, and she didn't ever tell me that and he sure did cuz he, he grabbed hold of me at that promise keeper event and I decided things had to change I needed to change to be the man that God you know needed me to be for that little baby girl and yeah. and for for whatever else he had for me so.
1: you know promise keepers for those of you who don't know cuz there's going to be some young guys listening to this that probably aren't completely aware uh, it was a movement in the 90s, like he described, started in Colorado by Coach Bill McCartney. He coached the right. University of Colorado, won a national championship. And, um, you know, devout Christian, and he just felt a calling to reach men for Christ. And it started with, I think, in the basketball arena there on campus, and then it grew into the football stadium. Next thing you know, Promise Keepers is holding these events. It's, was a one, it would be a one-day event, a Saturday all day. In these football stadiums. And we were packing, we, I mean, Promise Keepers was packing football stadiums. Like, you know, 60 70,000 people in a football stadium. And all day long, just listening to uh, great men speak about different topics, uh, biblical topics for men. And the the music was amazing. And for me, uh, for me, I had just recently become a Christian and some guys had invited me and stuff. The first one I went to was in Pittsburgh at Three Rivers Stadium Old Three Rivers Stadium. Yeah. I remember it because I, I I got to walk on the field and went in the uh, in the seventies. I was a Steelers fan. I since after after all my heroes retired, you know Bradshaw and Mean Joe Green and Jack Lambert and Franco Harris, I became an Eagles fan in nineteen eighty. But man, the Steelers in the seventies were one of the best teams ever, right? And I'm walking on the field,
0: replicating the immaculate reception where the
1: immaculate reception <laughs> took place. That's Right. And uh, and all those other, you know, Steeler victories and stuff is like, man, this is the field these guys played on and stuff. But anyway, what really struck me was, and I, I was, I don't know about you, uh, Casket, but I was like, you know, being a new Christian and stuff, I wasn't into this like singing and stuff. And all the men in the stadium were standing and singing. You just, a stadium, think about 65,000 men in a football stadium singing really loud these worship songs that were, I don't want to say jazzed up, but they were like, you know, drums and guitars and stuff. And I was just like, wow, this is amazing. I mean, did you have that same experience? I was, next thing you know, I'm singing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We, we got there, we got there. We were on a big coach bus from the church that I, I went on with the group uh, from Tulsa and uh, we got there late. And so we had to go to the nosebleed section and they were in the middle of praise and worship, and yeah. we came out of the tunnel, you know, at the out to our seats, right? And they were singing, "How great Thou art." Oh yeah, and it a, just like oh. it just hits you like an energy in the face. I mean, just I mean, it was just powerful. Yes. I mean, just the sound of all men, no women, singing praises to God. Sixty five thousand men. There's no sound like that. No. I mean, it was it was amazing. It yeah.
0: was. It
1: give you chills. <laughs> That part was say, "Then sings my soul." Oh my lord! It was like, <laughs> "Holy cow!" It was like I can't believe I never thought music would do this to me. But I and I and I am not moved by music. I, I, my wife and I were talking about that today i music just doesn't really move me that often,
0: but uh, yeah, she, she was telling me about that. We're going to, we're going to talk about that later. Okay. Maybe, maybe off, <laughs> off the record here, but I think he lied to her. Yeah, no, well,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway. no, I really, really not moved by music that much. But anyway, that was, that. but the speakers, the, the men that they had come on to speak were just fantastic. I mean, coach McCartney, when he came out, you could see why he won a national championship. After he gets done speaking, I'm ready to run through a wall for the guy, right? Uh, did any of the yes. speakers from the Promise Keepers conference really stand out to you? Do, anything that you remember about that?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, uh, well, one of my favorites always is Tony Evans. Oh yeah, you no, know, he's yep. amazing. I mean, yep. that guy, that guy can speak to men, yep. you know. And I mean, he was just oh, he's so dynamic and all that. And then uh, there was another guy, uh, Gary. Gosh, now I'm drawing a link of his last name. He's out of Iowa, but anyway, he gave a talk about. Um, being really busy and one of his kids drawing a family picture and, and he sh- held it up and he wasn't in the picture, oh, you yeah. know, and, uh, cause he was gone all the time, you know, conquering the world, yeah. you know, and, and man, I'll, I'll never forget that. That just like grabbed hold of me big time. But, right. but yeah, there were, it was all the best speakers to men in the Christian circles that were out there available. They were at every, you know, that was a top notch speaker. So yeah, it was, it was awesome.
1: Yeah, and some of these guys like I'm not going to remember his name. I, it's a um, fellow that uh, runs cap, camp camp Canacook or Canacook camps. Oh, Joe White.
2: Joe White. White. Yeah. Joe White.
1: Joe White played football for SMU, right? And he uh-huh. and uh, his coach was uh, oh my lord, the guy that ended up coaching Alabama won a national championship. Then he moved on. Um, but anyway. Uh, He would tell that story, but he, he, I I heard, I was, I went to a few different promise keepers conferences and and one of them, he was, I've heard him at least two or three times, but the one time he came out and he built a cross while he was given his message. And if anybody wants to YouTube that, I don't know what to put in, Joe White building a cross, whatever. That was so powerful. That's what I remember. That was amazing.
2: And, and this is while he was fighting cancer. Yes. I saw him do it, right? And and, and talk about a man's man. Yeah. Who you know? I mean, he's carrying that big beam on his shoulders, yeah. and he's in his fifties, sixties, you know, whatever. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah,
1: it, it truly was. It really was. Uh, but anyway, Promise Keepers. There's a shout out to Promise Keepers. Anybody out there is interested? Uh, you could YouTube it and see some of the highlights from uh, Promise Keepers conferences. Some of the speakers and, and the messages they gave were uh,
2: just well, and, and, and so I and it does connect to F3 in the sense that Promise Keepers had this idea that, not an idea, it was biblical, that men are to be the leaders of their families. Right. You know, men are called to be the leaders. And that was part of the reason he started it was because he saw an epidemic of fatherlessness yes. You know, in the players that he coached and all that, you know? And so it's, it's all about, it's really a lot of the same reason we do what we do with F3, right? You know, is raising up male leaders in right. the community. So, yeah, yeah, so exactly.
1: Yeah, I, w- I, wonder. We'll never know until we get to heaven. How many men? What impact it had on them, and what the impact they had afterwards on their families mm-hmm. and their communities. I mean, look at this one guy. We're interviewing Casket here, and he ends up going to Full Time Ministry. Part of it was God was talking to him all along, but you know, his promise keepers pushed you along, right? I mean.
2: It was, it was a catalyst for sure. Yeah, yeah
1: it's amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, and the whole movement kind of fizzled out a little bit. I honestly don't even know if they're doing anything right now. I haven't heard of them in a while. But the last time I went to a Promise Keepers thing was at a church in Philadelphia. So the events got so small that uh, it was in a church rather than a football stadium. I went to one in at the in the Spectrum in Philadelphia. So they, they reduced from football stadiums. So I went to Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Massachusetts, like I said, football stadiums. Then we went down to or, uh, fo- uh, basketball arenas. And then in the churches, but I got to talk one more thing, not to not to belabor Promise Keepers' uh, discussion, but uh, stand in the gap. I don't remember what year that was, Casket. Maybe you remember what year that was, but uh, Promise, 1997. There you go. Promise Keepers called all the Christian men to come to Washington D.C. on the Mall to basically just pray for our nation. But it was an all-day-long event. They put up a stage that I was so far from, I had to watch it on a screen because I was by the Washington Monument with a bunch of guys from our area. You didn't go, did you, Dial? No, I
0: did not go, no. Yeah,
1: we need to have another one so Dial-Up could go. (laughs) 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 But uh, yeah, we were just sitting on the ground at the Washington Monument, and it was an all-day-long, just praising and worshiping God and praying. It was mostly praying, and we did it all day long. And I would have thought to myself... Well, that sounds really boring. I don't think I want to, I don't think I would want to do that. But praising, because, you know, you get to heaven, we're praising God all the time. Well, that doesn't sound like fun. Can I play golf? And, you know, can I dunk a basketball when I get to heaven? And um, But it was exhilarating to, to spend the day with other men uh, in prayer, like that whole day. And then listen to guys talk. Billy Graham was one of the speakers and stuff. But um, yeah, so we got over a million men, I think, right, Casket?
2: Yeah, oh yeah, they've done the photo uh, analysis, whatever of the aerial shots and all. It was like 1.2 million, I think. So, yeah. and, and it was amazing because uh, people were just pilgrim making pilgrimages, you know, in the subways, the trains. Yeah, and guys are singing praise songs in the in the on the trains, and uh-huh. and you know there was there was it was kind of hot that day. It was in October fourth, nineteen ninety seven, nice. and there were not uh, you know so guys are bumping into each other and all that all that testosterone. There was not one fight. Nope. There was not one arrest right. all day long with guys from all races, all, all cultures, all gathering together, you know, 1.2 million. Yeah. And, at, and at one point we were all on our faces praying for our families. Yeah. And it was back in the day when people carried photos of their, their family in their wallet, you know, back in the old days before phones, everyone had their pictures on their phones.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, everyone laid them out in front of them and they were laying on the face first praying for their families. And you could hear a pin drop Yeah, with 1.2 million guys there. It was quiet. Yeah. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, I do. I do.
2: It was. It was. It was
1: unbelievable to have that many men, and there were protesters, right? And they were worried. They were all worried. They had the campus security yeah, the mall security and p- police force. Everybody worried that there's going to be confrontation. Is there nothing? It was just a bunch, of what, bunch they,
0: of. what were they protesting? Well, you know,
1: Christian men coming, so uh, there are no women allowed. Men are supposed to be the leader in the house. That's not, you know, the feminists were against okay. it. in Certain groups uh you know all that kind of stuff so uh but i think we left it cleaner than well it's impossible to leave it cleaner because we made a lot of garbage but on the grounds itself we cleaned it up you know i mean how many how many times a group mm-hmm. show there, show up there and leave it cleaner than when they uh, found it right all right enough about promise keeper sorry guys um it's about casket and his story but this is part of his story so casket fill us in now you got um uh, you, you bought the business, you're running the business and God's still calling you. What happened?
2: Um, so I, I, after that Promise Keeper event, I started getting really involved in, uh, in, in, I wanted other men to experience what I experienced. So I, I was, wanted to help men at my church get to Promise Keepers because I, I mean, it started, it impacted me so much. Uh, and I actually started reading my Bible for the first time in my life, started seeking God, started uh, changing. You know I mean? I mean, I started becoming a different guy. You know, uh, my God answered my wife's prayer. You know, I think I started treating her better. I started, you know, and and, and it was almost kind of like she's like, "Wait, you're not the guy that I married." She almost thought I was a little too too religious, if you will. You know, right. but uh, she came along and realized that it was a good thing. Um, but uh, really, just started uh, where I was always a leader, you know, in school and different things. And uh, instead of leading, you know, keg parties, I was now leading promise keeper <laughs> trips and. Men's retreats and uh, and I just had a real heart for men to help men uh, get in touch with God so that they could be better dads and be better husbands and 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 I so I just I loved it you know I mean and I was all in for it and and I owned the business and I was making pretty good money so I'd use my resources to help fund things and mm-hmm. different projects in the city and um and so I for quite a few years I did this um but over time what bothered me was guys would go to these events and then they'd get fired up and touched by God. But then there was a a pretty quick fade, you know, within about two weeks to a month. Right. It was like, uh, and, and, and churches didn't know what to do with all these fired up men that were coming back from conferences because they didn't have many men's ministries and stuff in those days. And, uh, and you know, the best thing we had was accountability groups, which would be a little bit like a shield lock group in F3, you know, Mm -hmm. like four guys getting together to share their hearts and share their, you know, where they're struggling and all that, which is a good thing. It's not a bad thing, but guys weren't really necessarily going deeper in their personal relationship with Christ from that. It was more of a horizontal thing. So, um, anyway, I finally, uh, I heard this, uh, speaker, this men's retreat speaker said, guys, uh, what you guys are doing with your little accountability groups is great, but I call that a holy huddle, uh-huh. you know? And, and if, if you're in a holy huddle, how can you ever live out the great commission? Right. We're like, well, what's the great commission? Well, Jesus said, Hey, Hey, I've been with you guys for a while, but I want you to go make disciples. Mm-hmm. I want you to break out of that Holy huddle and go again. I'm speaking to three principles too. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to break out right. of your little deal and go help other men. Right. And, uh, and it, it kind of ticked us off at first, but then I realized it made sense. Um, so then I started looking for a discipleship model. How do you do this? Cause this guy didn't give us a, a tool or right. a, a process. And, uh, As God does, he kind of set it up where um, I was working on this Promise Keeper event that was over here at Razorback Stadium, and I was driving two hours over to help these guys as a volunteer. And through the connections here, I met, um, or I found out about this process called the journey, which was this discipleship process. And my ears perked up because I was looking for something for discipleship. Anyway, I drove over uh, after the conference, drove over to Salem Springs, which was an hour hour and a half from my, my hometown of Tulsa. And they were doing a journey group, what they call the journey group. And I met the founder, this guy named Rocky Fleming. He was a older man. And uh, back in the day, he was a big athlete at Ole Miss, football, baseball. And uh, he was a stud back in the day. And he, like Bill McCartney, had a heart for helping men. Mm-hmm. Anyway, God had helped him develop the missing piece, which is how to walk with Christ and abide with him every day and, and to walk this out in life every day, not just in the mountaintop experiences, but in the valleys every day of life. Mm. And so, uh, anyway, that's, that was the thing I'd been looking for and, and missing. And as God would reveal later, that was my calling to ministry. This is what the calling was back in the fraternity was, was this moment, but it was years later, you know, and it took a lot of, yeah. a lot of time and a lot of challenges to refine the, the vision to help me realize. And I had to, he had to do, wrestle, uh, my vision of the world a little bit because you know, I, I like the model of being a millionaire, making a lot of money, and then just doing ministry for free. You would have to get a lot of money. Right. And uh, <laughs> there's a few people I know that have been able to do that, but uh, that wasn't God's plan for me. Right. He had to kind of break me down to be dependent on Him. And uh, that's a much better place for me to be. And so that's what He did. And uh, so uh, seven years ago, I sold, kind of sold everything, sold the business, sold everything, and moved over to Bentonville to join this ministry that, uh, I mean, we started doing these journey groups in Tulsa. Uh, I was the first one to lead one in Tulsa and and we did it for 10 years, you know, and there were thousands of men that ended up going through the process and it proved to be what I hoped it was, which was helping men know how to how to live victorious lives every day, you know, and, mm-hmm. and make an impact on their families and all that. So uh, so anyway, that's part of the reason I went all in, you know, because I, I knew that there's nothing more powerful in my life than this
1: so yeah that's that's incredible i you know i think it was i can't remember how many years but you remember moses uh had to escape egypt and he was in the wilderness and he's working as a shepherd right for for his future father-in-law i mean how many it was a Mm. a number of years can't like 40 years or something i can't remember until god finally used him and you know sent him into you know Freeing the Israelites and in ministry, so you know, I, like like I said in the beginning, God's timing is not our timing, and uh everything is in preparation, right, for for what what He has planned for you to do.
2: But you know, just just point of interest uh that that spring uh that I went to that Bible study where the guy said there's two men in this room was 40 years ago. Yeah, this spring. Wow, <laughs> I just said
1: 40 years ago. So. good There you go. Four years. There are no coincidences. (laughs) Yeah,
0: you got
1: it. Amazing. Amazing, man. I'll tell you. I, you know, F3 is, I want to talk a little bit more how F3 impacts you, but um, there are so many guys we've had on the podcast that are F3 men who have, you know, credited F3 with a lot of improvements in their house. Some guys literally say it saved their life, recovering from addiction, tragedies, different things like that, but... Um you know the third f faith just means believing in something bigger than yourself. So some churches uh shy away from using that as a quote-unquote ministry because it's not a Christian organization. I was just down in so this is a Tuesday. Last week got back on Saturday. So this is the 25th of April just so people get the chronology. But I was at Lido Beach in Sarasota, so that means I got to post with the guys from F3 Suncoast, which is where I started F3. So I hooked up with Bing and Chili Pepper Uh, two guys that have been on our podcast. Bing was the Nantan when I joined down there when they first got started. But anyway, I went to their beatdown on a Friday morning. It's called the Bad Clown Beatdown and um, on a little turf area in a parking lot in a a really cool shopping area. But um, 24 guys went through the beatdown afterwards. They go for coffee at this little place called uh, Maple Street Biscuit Company. And the guy opens the building early for these guys and he gives them some free food, free coffee and drinks and, and they have their tears. so guys they get there and they just you know as a lot of you know mumble chatter and different things like that and I got to know a lot of the guys and they talk about things but a fairly significant portion of those guys now break off and do a Bible study on that Friday morning and Ripkin, who's a Nantan down there is part of it I don't know if he leads the Bible study i think not sure but anyway I met a guy down there who we hope to have on the podcast Sonic Boom and I was talking to him right he's a, a Russian immigrant a Jewish guy from Russia, and back when he was 10 years old, they got moved to the United States. Israel had a program where they're moving Jewish people from Russia to the Israel United States. They got moved to the United States, initially Baltimore. He served in the Marines, and you'll hear more of his story when we bring him on the podcast. But he's talking about this stuff and everything, and I said, well, are you a a Messianic Jew? And he said, no, I don't don't follow any religion. I don't go to synagogue, I don't go to church, I don't do any of that stuff. But guess what? He goes to the Bible study on Friday mornings Mm. down there. So, um, you you know, out, if anybody's out there doubting uh, the, the impact that F3 can have as far as if you're a Christian and, and, and presenting the gospel, I don't think, I don't know for sure, who knows, but I don't think uh, Sonic would probably go to a church, but man, he'll go to an F3 workout and then talk to the guys to develop relationships down in the, in the nitty gritty and the dirt and stuff, right, and then attend a Bible study. So, uh, you know, I I I... I think F3 is just amazing in developing that faith aspect. No matter, obviously, any faith is welcome. But uh, you got involved with F3. You're already a Christian. How has it uh, affected, you know, that, that part of your life and your ministry?
2: Well, uh, there are so many similarities in F3 and influencers. So mm-hmm. our, our journey groups are, you, you know, they're either men or women's or couples but it really started out for men, but, but but these women saw the change in their husbands and then they wanted in, Mm -hmm. you know, and and then couples evolved after that. But, but um, it's just, our deal is organic. um, And it's the same kind of deal. It's, it's usually outside of the church meets in an office or something like that. Sometimes I mean churches, but uh, it's non-threatening and Mm -hmm. it meets guys where they are. Uh, It's, and you know, and anybody can lead, you know, you're free to lead, you know, so guys go through the journey and then they can lead a group, whatever. But uh, what, F3, you know, what's cool is you mentioned Nomad, for example, you know, I'm becoming friends with guys like in their i th- I'm 56. Now, Nomad's a good friend of mine. He's 33 or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm at, now I have access into younger guys and, right. uh, which has been great, you know, and they, they make me stronger in ways I'm able to mentor them in other ways. Um, and, you know, I felt like I was pretty strong, strong spiritually, but, but weak physically, you know, and, um, but anyway, there's just a lot of, uh, a lot of, commonality between the two so um, and I and I love of course I love the way we end in circle of trust and mm-hmm. guys can talk and get vulnerable and you know the shield lock and all that and again uh, the guy you know Orange Crush he saw he saw how well we're doing this this longer process nine months he saw wow this would be great to get a group of F3 guys to go through it together and because uh, it, it's the same dynamics that make an F3 work out and mm-hmm. make F3 work make a journey group work you know, just the mutual encouragement and strengthening and, and guys can be real and share their struggles. And, yeah. you know, you can just be yourself in an F3. You don't have to be, you know, this great athlete. You can just come out just as you are. A guy like me can come and fit in as yeah. a testimony to the power of F3, you know, so.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, anyway. it's, you, 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 it's hard to fake it when you're doing the workout with other guys. right yeah you're struggling yeah (laughs) they're struggling and you're encouraging each other so um you know you get you get i don't i hate i don't know if the word exposed is the right word but um you're gonna you're gonna take a chance putting yourself out there and exposing yourself to uh some physical challenges in front of other guys and uh
0: that opens up doors right humbled yeah humbled that's a good word embarrassed yeah Potentially, could be Uh, yeah yeah
1: yeah, I'm, I'm embarrassed every time I go. <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't care. <laughs> well, um, Casket, uh, You're sure, your ministry, uh, y- you already talked about it, but I know that you also host a podcast, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, let me, before I do that, can I finish? I got to tell you this part about the F3 story. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. This go is ahead. Very, this is very important. All right, yeah. No, sorry to, I know you're running the show and I'm trying to take no, you right off. No, uh, no, we're going to loop back to that <laughs> anyhow. So perfect. It's your, you're here to tell your story. Man. You so we're
0: back <laughs> um, to, we're back to where you had a week to prepare for your first F3B down <laughs> and you didn't throw up.
2: Well, yes. Yeah, no, And so, uh, so that was around 17 or 18, I think. I can't remember the exact time, but, um, so fast forward to 2020, uh, you know, the, the great year of the pandemic. Right. Um, I lost my dad to covid mm. and uh, he was 20 years older than me and uh, had no pre-existing conditions it was really tragic in the sense that uh, he and my brother and I went on a fishing trip for my for my dad's 70th birthday and he ended up getting covid on that trip and uh, anyway um ended up passing away 3 weeks later um so you know five, 4 or 5 months after that I was just you know, really grieving and thinking Mm -hmm. about life, you know, and started thinking about what if I only have 20 years left, you know, and, you know, and then I started realizing I'm not taking care of my body, you know, just wasn't taking care. And, and, um, and I don't know, I just, I believe in asking God for help, you know, and and I've asked him for help and finances and he helps me, you know? So I just said this simple prayer, Lord, would you help me, uh, with my physical fitness? You know, I'm not a gym guy or I don't know what to do. Quickly, he just breathed into my spirit F3. Mm. And I'm just like, yeah, that was pretty cool. That's one of the coolest things I've ever done as far as physical fitness, you know? And so uh, I started thinking about it and I, I ended up uh, emailing uh, Orange Crash and a few of the other guys that I knew at this time that were out in Carolinas. And I said, you're not going to believe I'm, I'm going to say this, but I think I'm ready to, to start that F3 chapter. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to get some help, but I'm, I'll be the ringleader, you know? And they're like, "Yeah, way to go, casket, You know, so um, when I didn't say casket, yeah, they did. They did say they did say call me casket. Yeah, I was casket. Um Anyway, I'd only been to one work one workout in five years. Anyway, so uh, I uh, I emailed a guy that was a, a CrossFit guy, a friend of mine, that was in our ministry, and I thought, "Hey, remember we've talked about F three in the past? I think I'm ready to start it. You know, would you help me? You know, I'm going to need your help." And he te- texted me back a link to the F three NWA website and I'm like what <laughs> it's already here so it had started four All years right. ago yeah. it had already started and you know it was good news and bad news it was good news because it was here it was bad news it means I could start that week and <laughs> I thought I'd have about six months to off. <laughs> yep. and, and think about it and so uh, so I went out uh, for the first beat down and I couldn't find the guys because I, I didn't understand the map or whatever you know and I almost got out of it, you know, but then at the very last minute, this girl from a running club said, you look like you're looking for that boot camp group. You know, they're over here, you know? And so I didn't see them. So I was like, ah, you know, so I, I go over to it and, uh, it was very tough. It was very tough. And they're like, who is this guy? He just showed up. You know, no one brought me out. I just show Uh, up. Yeah. And, uh, and I was, uh, there's a guy here that used to be the Nantan 57, Carl Laws, great guy too. And he was leading the beat down and uh, I was about to chunk on this one. I was I was about to back-splash Merlot, as they say. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came up to me afterwards and tried to talk to me. And I said, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it was, <laughs> it was hard. So, you know, um, but I, I regained consciousness a little bit. And I went and had coffee with the guys. And I realized, man, what a great group of guys. So I made a deal with myself that, because I wanted to quit. I mean, I, I mean, I thought this was too intense for I'm too old for this. And uh, so I made a deal. I'm going to go, I'm going to post 15 times before I quit. Cause I'd heard if you do something 15 times in a row, it can become a habit. Uh-huh. So, and I was keeping track of my phone. I mean, I was keeping track of every workout I'm going to give myself permission. And I kept, and I kept noticing I was the oldest guy out there. And then right when I was thinking that was an excuse, someone older than me shows up, you know, and then, uh, took, and, he, and he was in great shape and all that. But before the 15 times was up, I was already, you know, queuing a, down i was it was in my blood you know it was in my rhythms and all that so anyway so i I love it now now so now whenever i meet with any man i've got a double double punch you know influencers (laughs) and f3 yeah (laughs) absolutely that's (laughs) no
1: i'm glad yeah I i wanted to come back to that story so i'm glad you did um that's so how many times a week do you post now
2: I'm about a three time a week guy. That's pretty good for me, I, yeah. you know, because I do have a lot of other early morning stuff, and I'm and I don't want it to take away from my my time and the self feeding and the word and all that stuff, which right. is very important to me, you know. Sure. So, so my rhythm is about three times a week. You know, works pretty good for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can still go to work out and then come home and do my my time with the Lord and all that stuff. But uh, plus, I, at my age, I need a day of rest in between in between beat downs. Yeah, I <laughs> so. hear you.
1: I hear you. The uh, I you know I'm 56 and I. We started three years ago here, and I was not in good shape. And uh, after I don't know a year or whatever, I would say I was probably in better shape than I had been in the last fifteen years mm-hmm. or more. And and then I've had some uh, medical issues lately, so um, I'm gonna get back. I'm getting back though soon as soon as I recover. But um, what I learned was, even though I'm really sore, if, if I show up and work out the next day, I actually feel better after that it's really it's really crazy even at our age you know I can I can work work out despite the soreness now if somebody trashes my legs one day and I go back to the next one that wants to trash my legs that's not gonna happen but but you know just a boot camp style of workout to go and work out and then or or even running you know um, I, uh, I I found that that really actually works you know it's kind of like bite the dog to bit you didn't you know, go out there and work out again yeah. and,
0: for me it's the joints my joints get more sore when I'm not going yeah to beat downs.
1: Motion is lotion. Yeah,
0: I, was gonna, I knew that was
1: coming. <laughs> <laughs> Motion is lotion, baby. All right. So, all right. Before I ask you about your podcast, I know <laughs> I wanted. I was going to get into that, but um, you had experience. Uh, it sounds like you've always been a natural leader, right? You were president of class four years in a row, um, and you know, kind of leading all through life. And you took over a business. You ran that. Uh, you were leading in this ministry. You took on the the mantle of sort of leading some men's ministry in your church when you got back from Promise Keepers. What have you learned after all these years of leadership? What did you learn? What have you learned about leadership?
2: Um, you know, I think I think what I've learned is just uh, that you can't do it alone. You know, that it's all about uh, team. It's all about valuing people and, and and putting your putting people around you that um, that fill in your your weak spots. Mm-hmm. You know and and esteeming people and, and, and caring about everybody you know, caring about the person that doesn't seem to add as much value as much as you do the, the superstars that are around you that, uh, yeah. that seem like they're the, you know, the ones you want to pay attention to, but you never know, you know, the future leaders, you know, around you, I think. And so, so I think it's just being a servant leader, you know, m- not asking anyone to do anything you wouldn't do, uh, modeling, um, loving people, you know, caring about people. Um, and, uh, and, and trying to cast vision, you know, casting vision that's bigger than what people, people think that they can do, you know, and all that. So, uh, inspiring people to, to dream big, you know, and yeah. and think bigger about themselves and what they can do. So
1: there's a lot of, lot a lot of really things, good I would say. Uh, leadership uh, principles there from yeah. Q source, right? So develop a shared leadership team, got to humble yourself in order to do that. right? Um, lead from the front don't ask people to do what you wouldn't want to do care about people you have to be a virtuous leader um so you know just a lot of really good stuff there be a Mm -hmm. servant leader and uh that's about living third right so that's what we talk about god first everyone else second and i'm third that's great stuff man Mm -hmm. um i think we need a lot more of that in our country and we're i hope we're getting it through f3 and other other venues all right so um is there anything else you want to talk about before we talk about your podcast
2: <laughs> no, I, I mean, I was going to say, I, I love F three. I, I really, really enjoyed the, the the leadership principles, the organizational things I've learned about how they organize AOs and, and regions and starfish and all that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's all stuff that I'm I'm uh, that's applicable to our men, the ministry lead. You know, too, I'm stealing ideas all the time. You know, um, and and I would say, from a physical standpoint, it has helped me immensely. I mean, I mean, I I lost about thirty pounds, probably in best shape. I've been in a long time, you know, I'm, they had a deal not too long ago where I ran five miles. It's like, I didn't even know I could run five miles You know, I think most I'd ever run was two, <laughs> right. you know? And so, oh yeah. So I love all that. And, and I was having some high blood pressure. That's all lowered, you know? So, mm. you know, obviously there's definite health benefits to now I just got to work on the diet, the, uh, the queen part oh, a little bit. That's so, the hard uh, <laughs> part. Oh, baby. How about it? <laughs> yeah,
1: I, you know, I, I do really well for like a good part of the day, then all of a sudden, bam! I I I mess it up.
0: You got to quit going on vacation and cruises. Yeah, I got. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> good point. Good point. Man, it's the bread that gets me. We, my wife and I travel uh, travel an hour wow. up to the Muxbury area, and because she want to look at a car, and um, there a lot of there's a lot of options to eat up there. We don't have them down here, and. Two of them are, one of them is Primo Hoagies, and they got a hoagie with the with the roast pork and the broccoli rob and the sharp provolone. Oh, yo, baby, that's good stuff. That's from South Philly. <laughs> and uh, they got a Jersey Mike's, and I'm like, I want a hoagie so bad. But I went to Mission Barbecue, which I love. I love Mission Barbecue. And I got brisket and beans and uh, green beans and baked beans, so I, I did well. Good job. Until I came home, made a turkey burger, and <laughs> had it on a bun. But <laughs> see, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, the darn queen is a hard thing, isn't it?
2: Yes, it is. Yeah, can out king the queen.
1: No, you can't. No, you can't. But you need the king in there. It really, you really, really need need both, right? Yep. So there's a lot of cross fertilization yep. between F three and, and your ministry, then in leadership yep. aspects and all that stuff. It sounds like, um, the stuff that you were doing is sort of like a starfish, anyway, right? I mean, uh, the ministry it is, yeah, it is.
2: Yeah. It's made, it's organic reproduction. the whole, we, we call our, our ministry an organ organism, not an organization. And even when I came in to become executive director, it was, it was not to come in and and lend leadership over it. It was to put leadership underneath it, organization underneath it to support the organism, you know? And, and so that's, uh, so many similarities, you know, to, to F3 and, and the guys around here, they give me crap because, uh, we do like my, for my ministry, we do men's like gatherings and things like big summits and all that. And I've been known to do a workout, you know, and invite 17 FNGs out there, you know, and, and guys all who've never done F3 and I give them all names and we just happen to be doing an FNG contest, you know, in our region, you know, so, <laughs> uh-huh. so I like I get 17 and one beat down. So it's pretty good. Yeah. They, they're, they're not too crazy about that. That's not really <laughs> good. That's amazing. Yeah, That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you should yeah, come. yeah, they give me props for it, but you know, it's like, hey, you know, So I'm not allowed to do that
1: anymore. But, but yeah. <laughs> is that like a bait and switch? I'm not sure. I'm going to invite people out to uh, something else. Hey, everybody, yeah. get ready. We're going to do push-ups
2: now. Yeah. Merkins, right? <laughs> all right. All right, so. Well, you know, I, I tell everybody the F3 story wherever I am, you know, and they, uh, and, uh, but, you know, the cool thing is when we have a gathering, it's guys from all over the country, and and pretty good chance there's an F3 chapter wherever they're located so they yeah. can go back and get plugged in locally if they so choose. So. All right.
1: All right. Well, uh, yeah, tell us about the podcast, Jeff.
2: You, you know, we uh, we just are thinking of different ways to communicate our messaging and all that, and let people know about what we do and and uh, when I moved here 7 years ago and I'm I get I'm really blessed to be able to hang around a man that's 78 years old, you know, who's seen a lot of life and he's become a spiritual father to me and a mentor of my our founder and, and we would just be sitting around here and, and, you know, the the wisdom just oozing out of him all the time, you know, and, and I'm always thinking, gosh, I wish I had a GoPro in my head, mm-hmm. you know, to record this conversation because it's such good stuff. And then this idea was birthed. Hey, once why don't we do a podcast so I could, you know, interview Rocky and start pulling out wisdom out of him. And so that's kind of where it started. Uh, it's about, a, it's a 30 minute podcast. And uh, anyway, then it, then it turned into me interviewing leaders all over the country that do, that are part of our ministry, kind of like what you guys are doing and, uh, different topics, different uh, things going on in the ministry and all that. So uh, some of, it's sometimes topical, sometimes it's news going on, uh, you know, scriptures that we're unpacking, you know, difficult situations going on in the world and how are we, how do we react to it, political situations, whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's just Influencers Global Ministries. Uh, you know, if you go to influencers.org, you can find our podcast page or we're out now, we're out on, you know, all the streaming platforms as well, you know. So so yeah, so it's been fun. We just do one one episode per week, and uh, they're like I said, it's a thirty minute podcast, and uh, it's been fun. Really, I mean, I don't know how many episodes we have. We've been doing it in about three or four years. Oh wow, so. <laughs> longer than us. Yeah,
0: that's pretty good. Sounds like sounds like us though that he enjoys doing it just to to do it, even right? Yeah. Yeah, even if no one's listening.
1: Yeah, we we frequently say nobody listens, to so us, we'd still want to do this because it's great meeting these, meeting guys like you, and and hearing your stories. Yeah. yeah. I was listening to your most recent podcast today I didn't episode I I didn't listen to a lot of it because I got busy but um, you're talking about making these two books that Rocky what's his last name Rocky Fleming Rocky Fleming he wrote two books and you're talking about making a movie out of it right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, Rocky is, uh, he's from the South, you know, and he's, he found out he's a storyteller, a good storyteller. Mm-hmm. And he started writing these uh, creative stories as a way to help men understand spiritual principles in, in and kind of easy to understand way to, to, to reach men like parables, you know, like Jesus taught in parables. Right. And, uh, anyway, and so everyone loves, uh, some of these characters he's created and all that. And people have always said, Oh, that'd make a great movie. And, uh, you know most of the time we just we've, we tried to go down that path a few times we thought nah that's not our that's not our lane you know that we need to stick with the, stick to what we're made for but here of late uh the ideas come up again and there's God's been raising up some talent uh, and some people that could help with this and so uh it feels this time feels like a god idea so we're uh mm-hmm. we're moving down some uh, discussions to make a movie make a movie out of uh and and again it's not just to go make a movie a good movie which the world needs some better movies and kind of what's out there. But, uh, but it would be just to raise awareness to what it looks like to be a godly man. What, what it looks like to be a guy that's living for God. And, and, uh, hopefully we'll prompt some people to come seek out our ministry and we can help them go through the journey, you mm-hmm. know, so that we, we'll see what happens. We got a lot of long, long way to go on it. We're developing the script and forming an LLC production company and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, it's been fun though. Fun to, fun to go down this path. Very cool. Yeah. What the name
1: of the What are the name of the books? Or what's the name of the movie going to be?
2: Well, we don't know the name. You know, you know, with the movie, you know, you always have a working title. We don't have that figured out yet. But uh, the book, the first book, was called Journey to the Inner Chamber, and uh, highly recommended. It. It's an easy little read. Um, and then uh, the follow up book was called Compelled by Grace. And uh, there's this really cool character named Gabe in there who has an encounter with a middle aged man who's going through life and struggles and and uh, this older older African-American uh, kind of a farmer teaches this young, you know, business guy, a lot about life and all that's been faith and all that. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's just cool. They're, they're kind of Southern type stories, but what's funny is they resonate with a broad audience. I mean, Rocky never dreamed they would resonate with women and women love the stories. And then uh, he really never thought they would resonate with Egyptian men. I was in Egypt uh, several years ago and they love the stories. You know, you wouldn't think they, with a Southern context and all that, mm-hmm. It would work, but uh, they call Gabe Gabby, and you know, in their language, or whatever. But uh, <laughs> but they love them too, you know. So uh, I think they're just really cool anointed books that that help people understand spiritual principles. So, so anyway, very We'll, cool. see. we'll yeah. see where
1: it goes. Yeah, getting the word out, man. Right.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah,
0: keep us posted as you make progress. Yeah, or we'll have to yeah, keep checking definitely. in. Yeah. Absolutely,
2: we'll try to write an F3 storyline in there somewhere or another. So yeah, you got to get Gabe doing
0: burpee somewhere along the way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right.
1: Well, dial up. Do you have any other questions? Uh, uh,
0: no, nothing uh, I can, nothing I ask of. Yeah, you're gonna.
1: I got, I got, I got two go for
0: to you, casket two finale. Yeah.
1: Questions. So uh, the first question is, if you were to pick somebody. Could be somebody from the distant past or whatever. Anybody that you would think would be sort of like your hero, inspiration, motivation. Who would that
2: be? Gosh. Hmm. I mean, you know the the easy answer is Jesus, of course, because uh, you know he's my model. He's my he's my savior. He's my he's my role model, and, and of course, I love. I love reading about Paul, you know, the, mm-hmm. the guy, you know, another guy that was more like me than Jesus because he was screwed up and, you know, had a lot of baggage and all that. And, uh, and was able to turn his life around through walking by faith and all that. So, uh, so those are, those are, those are easy examples. But, uh, um, you know, I, I had a, there's a great, great aunt who was one of my favorite people in the world uh and and her, her name was winnie mortenson and she was just she was the, the lady in my life never had her own kids and when we were little we'd go over to her house she was my biggest encourager she was always when no one else believed in me or i felt like no one else believed in me she believed in me you know and so uh so she's a hero to me so cool. how about that
1: that's very good I like it yeah. yeah yeah nothing wrong with that um next question last question this is your chance to speak to the men of America. What's your message for the men of America?
2: Uh, my message for the men in America is um, that you need to be the spiritual leader of your family, and uh, and and I believe that if you're trying to do it out of your own strength and uh, intellect and whatever, you're you're only going to get so far. But if if you let God help you and you let you know, let Him help you supernaturally uh, by w- getting closer to him you'll start looking more like him and then you'll be the kind of man your wife's looking for mm-hmm. you'll be the kind of the dad that your kids are looking for and you'll start changing that family and then you'll start changing your community and then you start changing the world
0: mm.
2: great great message yeah.
0: right on point yeah all right dial up what do you think we have ourselves a high-impact man. We do. Spoke to another high-impact man today. <laughs> great story, great message, great inspiration along the way.
1: Yeah, and you. Uh, if there's anything we can do, I mean, do you want to? is there anything you want to say right now to promote the ministry? Anything we could do to help with that?
2: Well, you know, hey, influencers.org, if you're interested in learning about the Journey Group, look me up on there. I'd love to help any man out there who would love to get it, or, you know, or women, if women listen to this too. You know, I'd love to help anybody get part of a Journey Group, uh, if I could. Go to influencers.org and, we have a contact form and all that, and and you'll find me there. Or you can just email me directly at bcraig at influencers.org as well. bcraig at
1: influencers.org. Y'all got that? So, you know, there's one group at least that was uh, that's using uh, that ministry for, for their F3 group. Maybe there's others, and if and maybe others will do that after listening to this. It sounds like uh, uh, there's some some tools already there to use, right?
2: That's right. That's right. And then we can provide training and all that, you know, and, and we can, if, if people want to go through it, we have virtual groups too. So people could go through a group with guys from all around the country just to learn the process and then take it to their home, home city as well. Sounds good. All right, brother. It has been a blessing talking to you. I really appreciate it. Same here. Thanks for having me guys. Yeah. Yeah, God bless you and your ministry, man. Appreciate it appreciate right. it so much. All right, buddy. I'm thankful for F3. Hey,
1: if I ever find <laughs> myself in Northwest Arkansas, we'll look you and Nomad up.
2: Absolutely. Come down. Come work out with us. For
1: uh, sure. I will, brother. I don't know how or why I'd end up in Northwest Arkansas, but if I do.
0: <laughs> I have no reason to be there, but you never know. You never know. <laughs> All right. See you later. <laughs> Take care, brother. All right. See you guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I would like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their story of becoming a high impact man. More information and resources can be found at highimpactman.com. If you like this podcast, please consider following us on our social media pages or email us at him at highimpactman.com. That is H-I-M at highimpactman.com. The High Impact Man podcast has a new episode every week and you can find them on Apple Podcast, Spotify and Google
2: Podcast platforms. Have a great week everyone.